Hi, and welcome to Podcaster Stories. Each show, we'll have a conversation with podcasters across all mediums and share their story, what motivates them, why they started a show, how they grew the show, and more. We'll also talk about their personal lives and some of the things that have happened that have made them the person they are today. And now, here's your host, Danny Brown. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Podcaster Stories, the show that goes behind the scenes of your favourite podcasts and get to know the people behind the voices. This week, I've got a guest, uh, Lisa Garber, who I think I've probably known for about 10 years, maybe a little bit longer. Um, and similarly, most of my early guests on the show have been around that time. So it's a lot of people I've met through social media and then physically, you know, uh, either as work or personally, etc. And Lisa's one of these uh, fine folks that I've known for a long time um, and, you know, luckily to meet in person. Uh, so Lisa, thanks for coming on the show. Um, how about telling us a little bit about yourself and your podcast? Sure. My name, well, I was going to say my name, but I guess you know my name. And (laughs) (laughs) I work and live here from Sandpoint, Idaho. I have Big Leap Creative. So I help businesses do a better job of telling their story to make an emotional connection. And I have a podcast called The Gear Show, which I started... I don't even know. Four years ago, I've been on a little bit of a hiatus the past couple of months, but I um, started it to actually get into a market that I've always been very interested in and haven't been able to break into. And that is the outdoor lifestyle market, which is funny because it's something that I love and live. And it was how I started my business, Big Leap Creative, as a mountain lifestyle communications company. And the clients that came to me weren't those target clients. So I thought, how can I do this? So I launched this podcast. And that I, I was going to ask you about that because obviously you work in marketing and communications, and that's I think that's how we met, or one of the ways that we met anyway. Um, but your show, as you mentioned, is not about marketing; it's about the outdoor lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I, I always tell you, I'm very jealous of where you and your husband live. You're on like this mountain area with lots of snow skiing in it, etc. But what made you decide to to go? I a you know have a podcast that wasn't about marketing per se, but go the direction of the outdoor lifestyle. Was it just like a natural progression of the life that you were living with your husband, or was it something more different? It was a few things. First of all, um, the fall, the few months leading up to that, I had had sort of this perfect storm of three really large clients. Um, we finished up their engagement essentially for a variety of reasons. I had three large clients and at in the same quarter, basically. And my revenue plummeted being a one person show. That was, you know, those are the ups and downs that we experience, right? So I had a little extra time on my hands and it was right after the new year. It was actually New Year's weekend, and I had a whole bunch of friends visiting for um, to go skiing for New Year's weekend. And Ah, two of my friends are in the front hall and they were just nonstop talking about gear. They're talking about the ski bindings. I could just hear them in the other room, like going back and forth, just like geeking out. And I'm just rolling my eyes, right? Like, will these guys ever shut up? All they talk about the skis, the bindings, the boots, the poles, everything. And then that's kind of when the idea started to formulate. Like, there's no end to the number of conversations you can have about gear, 
right? So that's how it started. And then it evolved. So at that moment, I decided I wanted to launch a show called The Gear Show, and it would be uh, specifically about gear. And I actually had one of my friends um, was the guest for my first three episodes. And we, I started getting into them, and I, I did, I don't know, six, 10, maybe even 15 episodes specific to gear. But I found that so, so the idea was that all of these gear companies, you know, we're just talking about gear. So eventually someone's going to either want to hire me or maybe they're going to want to sponsor the podcast. I don't know what's going to happen with it. It's just, it's about something that I love and I'm learning so much. So who cares what's going to happen? Let's just do it. But after I got into it more and more, I realized that what was really interesting was the stories behind these people. And that was way more fascinating to me. So it evolved and I kept the name the same. And I just decided that instead of it being about gear, now we're gearing up mentally and physically for our next big leap. It was kind of my line. And then I could talk and get the stories behind entrepreneurs and the outdoor lifestyle business. Entrepreneurs, I, I've spoken with Olympic gold medalists and like the founder of Big Agnes, they make the tents and the sleeping pads and fly low gear. And I've had to have all these amazing conversations and really learn how they started their business and how they grow. And I think that, like you mentioned, it ties in. You mentioned it's, uh, you know, gearing up. I love the fact that you mentioned it's gearing up to the next big leap because that talks to both the brands that you run, essentially, Big Leap Creative and the gear, you know, the gear show, which I don't know if you made that deliberately or that just, you know, serendipitous. I'm going to mess this word up again. I did this with Bob Reed. <laughs> I uh, chatted with the other week there. Serendipitously. Beautiful. I think that's the word. Uh, did you fall- <laughs> yeah. Did you fall into that naturally then? I'm not even going to try that word again. Or was it just, you know, was that something you thought, you know, gearing up big leap, let's tie the two together and and make them both part of the, the same offering that you, that you have? It was definitely by design because... The whole idea was I wanted to grow my business in some way, but I also wanted to do this because I love it. So how does this tie in? I wanted it to tie into my business in some way. And when I evolved going away from talking about gear to talking about gearing up, I actually did think about renaming the podcast. And I really actually thought about renaming it to Big Leap or Take a Big Leap. But decided not to. And who knows, I might still. Anyway, to answer your question, it was by design. And since I had evolved, and I know a lot of people were saying, oh, I don't listen to it because I'm not an outdoor person, or I'm not interested in gear or whatever. So I wanted them to understand that this is not about gear anymore. It's about gearing up for your, you know, mentally and physically. Uh, you know, we've talked about meditation, we've talked about a, a whole bunch of different, you know, what to put in your backpack for a, a summer weekend camping trip, that kind of thing. And I think just to your point, I mean, I know you mentioned uh, some of the names that you bounced off that, you know, a possible rename and a possible rebranding. They, they take a big leap one. I'm not sure if um, if this is like a North American uh, or sorry, a, a UK uh, euphemism or slang that I'm going to use, but take a run and oh. jump. Have you heard that before? Oh, that's like take take off kind of like yeah just off. get lost yeah so I, was, I was maybe thinking yeah take a take a leap maybe that's all yeah, yeah. close to take a run and no. jump so maybe lean away oh, from good, that one. good lesson for <laughs> the listeners is that when you do come up with a name you want to kind of get some cross-cultural uh input <laughs> 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. Especially, you know, because I, I here in Canada, it's, we're very alike in, well, I'm, I'm from the UK right. originally, um, obviously, but I find the Canadian culture is very similar to the UK one. So I love the slang. It's similar, but then I still get lost when I talk about, um, pants as being underwear. And then pants in North America is obviously your trousers or your jeans or something. So a little things like that I still get huh. chipped up on. I never heard that pants were considered anyway. underwear in the UK lexicon. I did not yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we're speaking to um, uh, uh, Mark Asquith, who's, uh, who runs a Captivate, Captivate FM platform, amongst uh, many other things. And he's in the UK. And he was telling me a, a story pre-show about uh, when he was caught with his pants down. And I just thought <laughs> that was hilarious because I know what he, he meant. <laughs> but I was thinking if, if this was being, you know, uh, distributed in North America or whatever, it'd be a totally <laughs> different conversation <laughs> and vice versa. So, and, and that's what I wanted to ask you, though, because I've been listening to your show. Um, and as you mentioned, it's called The Gear Show. Um, but it's more about the people behind the gear of the people and, and their personal stories. So as a as a host, how do you make these people that, you know, that run these big companies or, or run the, you know, are founded or, or co-owned or own the brands that you use, et cetera, how do you make them feel comfortable enough to open up um, what could be potentially, you know, difficult topics to open up or a time in their life that maybe wasn't so good for them? Interesting. Um, I just try to connect with them from the very beginning, you know, I don't know that I consciously think about it that way, which is why I'm trying to. So I think that it's just important to be really conversational. And I think people are really willing to do that. I think that they're just really willing to talk about things if they feel like they're in a comfortable and safe place. And I just haven't had, I haven't run up right. against someone who's not really willing. And and it's not like we get really, really personal, but they do like to share. And, and, and that's, I, I think what you're getting at is I like to find like that pivotal moment where someone has just like maybe hit the a bottom, a rock bottom that helped them to change something or change their life or their business or whatever it is. And I think once people get past it, I think that they're willing to talk about it as long as you can really just, you know, sort of ease into it. As a podcaster, is there like advice that you would give as a host? For, so for someone that wanted to do mm -hmm. something similar, for example, and wanted to speak to the people they admire um, and have them on the show, do you sort of nurture that relationship uh, for a, set, a certain amount of time or in a certain way, as opposed to having them come on cold, if you like, mm -hmm. and then hopefully they'll, they'll open up? Sure. What's, what's your process of of easing a guest? Yeah, into that's a, a great situation? question. I actually, um, at one time, I tried having a pre-conversation with someone, and I found that it was way better than the actual recording. And that really bummed me out because I didn't record the pre-conversation. And it just felt too right. canned. And and I knew some answers from earlier that I wanted to pull out that I wasn't able to. So I decided at that moment I wasn't going to do that anymore. That I really liked having these cold conversations. But I do a ton of research. So I would dig in. The other thing is, is I always send a pre-questionnaire um, with four pretty high level questions. And I sort of, I let the guests know, the more time you spend on these questions, 
the better I am going to be able to, the, the better the episode will turn out basically, because sometimes I would just get like these one sentence responses and they just really weren't helpful at all. So I would ask four broad questions, none of which are actually questions that I would ask on the podcast, but it just gave me the background that I needed. So for example, um, what is your proudest accomplishment? Or, you know, I wish I could, uh, that was one of them. What is your greatest regret? Always the answer to that was, I have no regrets. I always learn from my regrets. So I had to change that question. <laughs> um, those kinds of things. And then it it brings out so much backstory on these people so that then I am able to ask questions that kind of lead into those stories. So I loved when I started doing that, that helped me in my research, because if a person didn't have a lot, you know, Googling them, um, didn't turn up a lot, then, and then having this kind of richer context helped me, but I would also do as much as I can, you know, on YouTube and just learn as much about that person. One person who really influenced me in the interviewing piece of it, which is really the biggest part of this whole thing, right, is being able to do a great interview. And I love Howard Stern and his interview capabilities. So I listened to him. I actually read his um, most recent book. And I just think to myself, how would Howard Stern ask this question? Or what would he say right now? If you listen to some of his, like when he asks like um, Chris Martin from Coldplay, amazing interview. He's asking questions that are in the back of my, you know, oh, I'm curious. And then all of a sudden Howard Stern will ask that question. I'm like, oh, it's so good. I want to know the creative process (laughs) behind how he came up with, you know, that song, et cetera. So that that was kind of, I I put myself in his shoes. And I think a lot of it comes down to a a love or admiration or respect for your your right. topic, your you know the person you're speaking with. Otherwise, it's it's just another job, right? It's just another Absolutely. interview. It's just another conversation. It's always came from a selfish place. So I am actually very curious about how you know Dan Abrams started Fly Low Gear, and how you know he ran up these credit cards, a huge amount, and what kind of that must have caused so much anxiety. So when you actually have that curiosity yourself, then you know that others also, you're not the only one. So it really, it definitely comes from a place of selfishness. To to your point that it comes up, you know, from a place of selfishness and, and you get to the stage where guests are comfortable and they, they tell you, because of that, they tell you or open up a little bit more than they may have with, say, Podcaster X or Podcaster Y, etc., has it been an episode without picking favorites or anything? Because I know that's you know not, not something you want to do. But has it been an episode that stuck with you or resonated with you the most? I would say there are a couple. And I'm I'm that's such a great question. And the theme, as I'm thinking of a few of them, are usually the ones I didn't expect. And they're the ones who gave really authentic answers. I've spoken to others, um, like Olympic gold medalists, for example, who are really media savvy and their responses always felt very, um, you know, canned or scripted or, you know, to be honest, they've done these interviews all, you know, I try to ask unique questions, but the ones who really wanted to share um, were really great. And so I'll go back to Dan Abrams of Fly Low Gear and also um, Tahoe Trail Bar founder, 
that episode was amazing. I felt like I just learned so many things from what he did and from his, you know, he was really willing to share some mistakes that he made and how he learned from them. And um, it, it, it was, I thought those were especially good episodes because of that. Yeah. And then like you say, it's, because people aren't just, you know, looking at the the questions that you send out previously and they already have right. their PR or their agent's head on and they're getting, you know, approved or whatever. I don't know if that's the same for your show. Um, it's certainly not the same for me. Uh, I just get people on here like you that are just happy to, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm going to cut that back. That makes you sound really bad and desperate. I'm going to cut that bit out. <laughs> I totally. <laughs> Hopefully you know what I meant there, but that piece is getting edited. <laughs> Okay, so I mean, obviously, you've been uh, you've been podcasting for a while now, and you've you mentioned Howard Stern and his interviewing style, and you know, I know with the shows that you have and the the topics you speak about, uh, you you have that relaxed manner that people are you know looking to open up. Um, just going back to a question we or a topic we spoke about earlier about how you evolved that style or what process podcasters could go through to you know emulate it. Is there a piece of advice that you would have for either new podcasters or people that enjoy your show and say, you know what, I want to try something like that? I would say to start, to just start and not overthink things. Uh, A lot of, I mean, I think the tendency is to try to plan out and to think so long term and to get caught in getting the perfect podcast graphic, the perfect name, the perfect description. And like I said, I mean, I evolved after, you know, even six or 10 episodes because I just felt like, you know what, I just want to go in this direction right now. So I think that a lot of people don't get started because they want to get it just right from the beginning. And I say just start and allow it to iterate and evolve from there. No, that's great advice. I mean, yeah. that, that takes it back to, I guess, anything in life almost. You know, um, if you want to be a great salesperson, you've right. got to start, you know, selling crappy products and for a crappy pay. Um, and eventually you'll land your trade. And like you say, it's it's worthwhile, uh, pivot, you know, being having the ability to pivot and, and know, get to the place where you're really comfortable and you're really passionate about. I think that makes a, yes. a huge difference. And, for you any know, kind of I started uh, on that note, I, I started with, just people I knew, like my friend who was visiting. I mean, he is a, a ski mountaineer, so he was very knowledgeable in the field. But I just started where my comfort level was, and I started talking to friends and local professionals. And then I started to build it from there. And and so to your point, that allowed me to kind of get my comfort level. And then I I upped it from there. And then I just couldn't believe like the caliber of guests that I was able to get. And then once you get those guests, you can use their name to say, oh, I've had, you know, so-and-so and and -and so-and-so on my podcast when you're pitching to to others who haven't heard of your show. If you can imagine someone hadn't heard of my show. (laughs) I'm like kidding. (laughs) I know. Shock and horror. How dare people? (laughs) So just to swing it around a little bit, um, for people that don't know you or haven't, you know, listened to the, your show yet um, and are yet to find you, what is something that, even for people like myself that know you reasonably well, what is something that <laughs> would surprise them um, about you that they don't currently know? I tend to be kind of an open book, so I'm trying to think. 
One of the things I am <laughs> most proud about idea. and is very little known is that I, when I graduated college, I won the award for most academic achievement in a foreign language for French. I was a French major and I had no idea that I was even a contender or I was going to win this award. My, my, my uh, advisor was, you know, made sure that I was coming to the awards dinner, which I wasn't even going to go to. Anyway, so that's my little known thing because it's not really something that I can use in my world these days. And I think it's awesome. Yes. And, and how did that come about? Did you take yeah, French? Yeah, I started at taking French when I was in French fifth grade. Or? I loved French. I still love French. I love the country, France. I love everything about it. And um, when I was in 10th grade, I was practicing for my French monologue. So we were actually driving to go skiing with my family. I'm in the backseat. My dad's driving to go skiing. And I'm practicing in the backseat my French monologue for that Monday. And my dad was, he goes, you, you should go to France sometime. And it never even occurred to me to go to France. I don't know why it just didn't. And I got all excited. I said, well, there's actually a summer exchange program this summer. And so that was when I, the summer I was 16, I went, I spent the summer there. And um, ever since I've been going back and forth. In fact, my family from when I was 16, my French sister, quote unquote, we, I celebrated my 50th birthday with her in Paris at a gorgeous restaurant. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And is that where your love of French wine came from, or did you have that before you turned 16? Um, 50, Danny. <laughs> no, I, was, I said 16, so I was going back to your school time. Oh, 16. Because <laughs> I'm in France. <laughs> I thought you said 60. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I know in France, like, uh, they're, they're a bit more relaxed with the age when, you you know, kids can start yeah, that's drinking true. and get, like, a little sippy wine at dinner. I think. And I think that's a good way to take it. It, it keeps that sort of mystery out right. of it and uh, I think avoids a lot of issues later on. Yeah, I don't think that they have the problems that that we do here with um, kids, you know, younger kids getting drunk and partying. I mean, I, I know that they do there, but here, you know, they're much more adult about it over there than here because it's introduced to you at a much younger age. And it's not so, like exactly. you said, it's not like this really, oh, you know, forbidden thing. So I, I think I started drinking wine a little bit then. I don't know. I didn't really, I worked in the restaurant business in the 90s, and that's when I really developed my palate for wine. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good place to, yes. deliver, uh, to discover yes, it for it sure. <laughs> so Lisa, for people that haven't found, um, found your show yet, um, or if they're interested in learning more either about your marketing you know, services mm -hmm. or your podcast or the, the, the people behind the podcast and the kind of gear and, and your outdoor living because your husband's a, a realtor mm -hmm. as well. So, you know, um, even anything like that, where, where's the best uh, place for people to find you online? Uh, people can find me at bigleapcreative.com. You'll see the podcast is on a tab there. It's also thegearshow.com, which just directs to the podcast tab on that website. Um, they can learn all about me and my business and the podcast. I am most active on Instagram at Lisa Gerber. And my podcast is on, should be on all podcast channels, your favorite place to listen. And then I would love to hear from people and happy to know what they think and guest ideas and all that kind of thing. I have been. Awesome. I, ha and I'll, I'll I, I have been. 
on hold for a few months, but I'm um, putting together a new season and getting ready to do some some new episodes very soon. Awesome. And I'll be sure to drop the, the links to all these places in the show notes. So make sure that you check out the show notes when you're listening to the shop. So I really appreciate you coming on today, Lisa. Um, it was nice to catch up. Um, as we mentioned in the pre-show, um, definitely once this all craziness with the virus is over or back to some form of normality, I think a road trip's in order to come out your way with the family and, and just That would be amazing. I would love that. I would love to meet Jackie and the kids. I feel like I know them so well. I'm sure the kids are going to be suing me for the amount of, you know, embarrassing photographs I'm putting yeah. on Facebook. But uh, that, that's something that I'll deal with in 10 years' time or so, hopefully. Perfect. Yeah. All right, guys. So this has been another episode of Podcaster Stories. As mentioned, I'll drop all the details about Lisa in the show notes. So please do check them out to, you know, find out where she's hanging out online and check out her podcast and website. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest show when it's uh, released. And you can find either all episodes at podcasterstories.com or on your favorite apps, either at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Until the next time, guys, take care and we'll speak soon. You've been listening to Podcaster Stories. If you enjoyed this week's show, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes to help others find the show too. And we'll see you the next time on Podcaster Stories.